0: Welcome to Talking Business with me, Danny Pardo. In these interviews, we'll be exploring employability insights, career advice, educational experiences, life stories, and more from a wide variety of people in a wide variety of industries with the ultimate aim of helping you to make decisions about your studies and your career. If you like what you hear, please do rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. It's all very much appreciated. So, here we go. Let's talk business. Hello everyone and welcome to Talking Business with me, Danny Pardo. On this episode, I'm chatting with James Merry and we'll be discussing his career journey through the world of acting, looking at his work with commercials, education, children's television and a whole lot more, as well as his current project, working with education to give back to schools and colleges and universities around the country as well. So here we go, without further ado, let's talk business with James. Hello everyone and welcome to Talking Business with me, Danny Pardo. We are here with James today. Hello, James. How are you doing over there?
1: Hi, thanks for asking me on.
0: Oh, thanks very much for joining me. Really appreciate it. So um we're going to be talking business with you today. Uh, but before we get too much stuck in, I guess we better find out. Um, you are James Murray, correct? Still? That is right, yes. Awesome. Good. I'm glad we got that sorted up. So we're the right person. And uh so who is James Merry then? Who are you?
1: Okay. So, um, I am a professional actor. I'm originally from the Midlands, from Birmingham. Um, that's my home turf. I now live down south, which you kind of generally have to in the business of acting. A lot of it is quite London centric. Um, but no, yeah, I'm a professional actor. I live in Guildford, Surrey, just outside London. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got two little boys now. And, uh, when I say professional actor, I'd like to say jobbing actor that's my job, a jobbing actor. So um, I'm not particularly super famous. Um, I've done a couple of things that especially kids might recognise me from. Um, but yeah, I um, I pretend to be other people for a living.
0: Oh, and you get paid for it as well. So uh, what, a, what a strange little job you got going on there. Is, is jobbing actor a common phrase? Is that just a phrase I haven't heard because I'm not in the industry?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, you get actors who maybe think that they um, specialise in theatre or will only do so. It's my living. It's how I support myself and my family. So if a job comes along, whether it's stage, screen, film, um, I do a lot of role play training as well, which a lot of people might not be um, familiar with. But a lot of actors get employed uh, for face to face training, like medical professions, um corporate uh professions. So yeah, I do that. So jobbing actor is an industry term, I guess. I'm sorry, I I, I should have explained it. No, that, that's that's um, uh, not yeah, just uh, for, and for, and
0: the role well, play actor thing is really an actor interesting. actor who
1: does well. um, yeah, just an actor who does bits and bobs of everything.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So I think then this next question might take up a bit of time because I'm going to ask you a little bit about your career journey. So our paths crossed around about 10, 11 years ago for a couple of times with um, some work where you came into where I work. Uh, but I want to take you back before then, if uh, if your memory serves you well, to when you're about 17, 18 year old James, and um what was the dream for you then so did, uh, did you go to college did you do university what was the in 20 years i am going to be a hmm?
1: um what was you back in when you were 17 18. okay so 17 18 um i was doing a levels um i went to a state grammar in north birmingham in certain culvert it's called bishop bz very very academic school um and i always if I'm really honest, I was struggled. I managed to uh, tread water and hold my own. Um, but in that kind of environment, there was some real, real brain boxes. Um, I remember I just about scraped into the sixth form to do A-levels, but I wanted to stay there because my friends were there. I knew I wanted to get A-levels behind me. Um, and the school at that time, fortunately things have changed now, offered no drama or performing provision whatsoever. So all of the acting that I did throughout my teenage years was outside of school, Uh, something called, so, um, Midlands television used to be called um, central television and then it became Carlton television, um, based on broad, broad street in town. And then it moved to gas street and they used to offer uh, something called the television workshop. So, um, the television workshop was something you auditioned for the wonderful thing about it. It was non-fee paying. It was all talent-based and, um, Kids used to come from all over the Midlands. It was funded by ITV, by Central or or Carlton, as it became. And you do these weekly sessions in stage and screen acting. And it also served as a a talent pool for CITV. Mm -hmm. So um, when children's ITV wanted to cast children in their shows and things like that, they used to come to the workshop Um, and some big, some, some some really big names came out of workshop. Um, So that's where I did the majority of my acting as a teenager. So 17, 18, <laughs> I was studying A-levels in law, government and politics, English literature and general studies.
0: Right. Okay. And yeah. I, I, what am I supposed I got, to I got, do with the information now? I'm like, what, what do I ask him? Like, that doesn't match <laughs> at all. Yeah. So, I mean, so without that external Uh, workshop that was available to you then there's nothing really for you and then your life completely changes so that must have took a a lot of effort on your part uh, to be that age and then go and do that as well Uh, uh, was that a real conscious decision were you giving up time where you should be going out with friends and doing all that teenager stuff I mean that's a real kind of big decision there
1: yeah, I mean, I did it since from the age of about eleven, but I was still mm. going to the workshop when I was a teenager, when I was in my my sixth form years, mm. and um, I did it because I loved it, and that's that's where I felt um, happiest. And you know, also being a boys' school, um, doing you know drama things it doesn't necessarily uh, can, can invite um, a little bit of teasing and stuff like that, you know. But I I just love. I didn't care um that's, that's that's that that's where I was that was my happy place was 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 performing yeah. um and I knew when I got towards the end of my A-levels that the that the goal would be to um audition for drama school yeah. um, and, and and pursue it seriously
0: wow that's so interesting that you you had your passion way back then and you still get to do it now. So that's nice to hear. Um, so then was it onto university specialized drama school, theatre school? What was it after um VA levels?
1: Yeah, it was um it was a drama school called uh, called the Guildford School of Acting. Um so um oh, I forget what it's called now. There's an organization that accredits uh drama schools. I think it's called the BADC. The, it's probably changed now, uh, but I auditioned for all the London schools as well. Um, I got a place at Lambda. I got a place at a place called Rose Bruford, um, Weber Douglas, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, I got a recall at RADA, but fine, but didn't quite get the place. Um, that's the, you know, the Oxford and Cambridge of, uh, of drama schools. Uh, but I was happy in Guildford as well because I was, I, I, I was quite. I liked the town. I've never been a massive fan of London itself. Um, I have lived there uh, since, since since I left drama school, but um, no, I, like, I live in, you know, it's quite a nice little small town um, and that was appealing. And I think if you're going to be somewhere for three years, that's something that not, not um, everybody takes into account when they're picking um, higher education places because you think, oh, well, they've got these facilities, they've got this reputation for my course. You also need to have a good look around where you're going to be for three, four, depending on what course you do years. Um, so yeah, I did um, I did fall in love with Guildford, fell in love with the drama school. And um, that's where I went when I was 19.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting point you make about the universities, because a lot of focus is on the quality of the lectures, the employability afterwards, the uh, social side and all the clubs and societies, which are important, please don't get me wrong, but you are also living there and you're going to spend a lot more time in your flat, in your house, in your halls than you are in a lecture hall, and you know, it's important for students to kind of realize that. Um, so I mean, our, our paths crossed late, like 2009, 10, 11. We were talking weren't we, the other day briefly about when that was. Um, so what, what were you doing when our paths crossed them? That was uh, Craig Rats, I believe, was the name of it. Is that right? Yes, was, was that your um, thing? Was that your business, or were you working for them? Or no,
1: uh, not my business. So, um yeah, I'll give some context. Yes, I left sure. drama, graduated from um, drama school in 2005. Yeah. And um, I didn't have a whirlwind start to my career. I did, I did all right. I did, did some decent jobs. And then um, somebody asked if I wanted to come and do some education work. Mm. And I said, right, I haven't, haven't been inside a school since uh, I left school, um, you know, six, six, seven years ago. And they explained that it was careers and employability skills, which I had no idea about. Um, I went and, and was trained, had did two days training. And uh, then I'll always remember it was, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a school in Kidderminster. And um, the guy who was leading the day for Crag Rat said, well, there's your classroom, crack on. And I was like, what? All right, okay. Uh, <laughs> Open the door, you know, 30 <laughs> year nine, 30 year tens or something like that. That like sounds that. like how they was, to do some new teachers as well. Just
0: like, hey, there you have to
1: go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. well, it's it's, it's it's sink or swim, isn't it? And it definitely yeah, yeah. did feel like that. Wow. Um, and so, and then I realised that I was actually quite good at talking to a classroom because I think there's so many parallels between performing and teaching. As, as the teacher, essentially, you've got to hold the focus of that room. You've got to feel the room. Are they losing interest? Are they losing focus? Do I need to move on to new material? It's kind of like a stand-up comic in a way, isn't it? Mm. You've got to really really feel how how your audience is receiving things. So I realised that I could do it. My performance career has run uh, parallel, if you like, to my education career.
0: Yeah, that, that's fascinating to hear, you know, but the the things that you gave back. And, you know, you, you obviously went into a lot of schools and colleges, you came into ours quite a few times. I remember having lunch in staff rooms and things with you, and um, you gave it everything you had mm. <laughs> on those days when you were in, and uh, it, it was great to watch and think, Oh yeah, and and the parallels you made there between acting and teaching, me and my colleague were literally talking about that this morning. Um, how you have to, yeah, it, it's very draining job, just like yours is, because you are to a certain extent pretending. You, there's a certain amount of being natural as well, but you are entertaining, yeah. and no, and we're educating, and we are like we've got 25
1: kids, and they don't,
0: some of them don't want to be here, and oh my gosh, you yeah. um, know, yeah. and it's fascinating exactly. you to hear the you way say the that
1: the most wonderful academic who you know is qualified to the hilt but would probably freeze in front in 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 in, in a classroom and doesn't have those communication skills if you like suppose it's a bit like doctors isn't it when they criticize doctors bedside manner yeah you can have the doctor who is a genius clinically yeah um probably most all these Patients cry or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, it's 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 really really fascinating to see. You've got to mesh those skills together. Um, and now I was having a look through um, doing my research, having a look through your kind of biography pages and things, and seeing all the businesses you've worked with, and, and all over Europe as well. Is that right? Or work or uh, some of the ones I saw you know, like in Central Europe and and things like that. We, have you travelled around Europe then as part of your job, or were they filmed in the UK for those businesses or?
1: Yeah, all, all of the travel has been um, through commercials. Um, I, when I left drama school, I realised that I had a bit of a niche in getting adverts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, people have told me that's because I have a, a, a very middle-of-the-road, Joe Bloggs kind of look. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you, you know, that's what they're looking for in commercials because they're trying to advertise their products to the everyman, if you like. Um, so, yeah, that's where I've got to travel um, a little bit, which has been great. Um one thing uh, that pops up every year around November, December, January time is that if there's British commercials that need uh, outdoor scenes, mm. uh, you don't get a lot of daylight at that time of year in the UK. So they actually, so a lot of commercials tend to head to the southern hemisphere um, mm. at that time of year. So you get a lot of commercial breakdowns coming through for South Africa. Um, and the cool I, I've never been to South Africa, but the coolest place I've been with a commercial was. Um, Argentina, Buenos Aires, wow. which was um, a, a pretty cool experience. Yeah, I bet.
0: Yeah, it sounds sounds absolutely brilliant. So, uh, okay, let's so let's talk about this glamorous world of commercials and acting that you do, you know, obviously, there's the perception um, of uh, how glamorous the, it is, the lights, the makeup, the hair, the on set, the, the action, the, the pressure and the traveling and things. So
1: it's all really really glamorous and amazing is that right um if you make it into the top 0.1 percent of actors you know like hollywood a-list kind of yeah. uh people then maybe it is super glamorous but what people need to remember about it is how unstable it is and mm. um sometimes you don't well, you don't know where your next job's coming from you're constantly interviewing if you like um you know you if, if, if you're um in a a nine to five job or something like that, you, you've got that job security and you know, well, I can be here for X amount of years, as long as I want really, and climb that ladder. Um, but with performance, with acting, um, the job finishes and then you've got to find another one. So you're constantly auditioning um, and and interviewing. A lot of people do give up quite early after drama school because they realise, you know what, I can't deal with this instability. And just linking in our previous conversation, Um, that's kind of why I was very, very lucky to have found my education work because that provided me with a little bit of stability. People in the industry say, oh, you should never have a plan. B. go and wait tables, go and wait tables or something like that, because you'll always fall back on your plan B because it will be more secure. Well, I said, no, I just, I I just want to have something that first of all, I enjoy. And Mm -hmm. I, I love the teaching stuff that I do, um, pays me all right. Um and also something that's flexible that you can put aside when acting work does come come along. Yeah. So I was I was I was lucky to, to mesh the two um, and that's what I've carried on doing, which is, yeah. you know, being able to um, mesh this. So, no, back to your original question. It's not all glamour. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, when you go to an audition, you don't even get um, a no. If you if you don't get the job, that's just industry standard. You just wow. get silence. You don't you don't hear anything. <laughs> wow. Um, which at first feels really rude yeah uh but you just get used to it and then if you do get a job and you end up on set yes it can feel a little bit glamorous because you're getting the makeup and um there's runners who are waiting on you hand and foot that takes a bit of getting used to because they're like do you, do you want a cup of tea do you want a cup of tea would you like a biscuit would you do, 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 do. and you're like mate it's okay I can, I can make my own cup of tea but then you realize that that's their job and that's what yeah. they're getting paid to do that day um and you know they they want you to say yeah, please, I'll have a cup of tea, thanks, mate, kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's glamorous when you've got a job, when you haven't. No, it's not. Yeah, not so much,
0: yeah. And and with regards to then your, your jobs, how important is it then to look after your reputation, um, whether that's in the industry and people you know and making contacts and also the social media side of things? Um, obviously, you've spent a few years working on uh, Waffle the Wonder Dog for um, CBBS, Babies, um, which is great, by the way, you know. Uh, my daughter loves it, uh, as you might know. Um, but, you know, you've got that, you've got that, but you've also got your own life. Are are you very conscious of your reputation and what you put out there online? um, And how you act and behave around people? Uh,
1: Online? Yes, Um, I think it's important to make a decision what what you're going to use your various accounts for. Mm. Um, I uh, Twitter and Instagram, I try and keep professional. So I'm very careful what I put on there. That's not to say that I won't share family stuff on there. Mm-hmm. um But then Facebook, for example, which is I like to keep purely mine. Um, I, I, I use a pseudonym on, uh, on 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 Facebook, so that 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 can be me, um and it's locked down to the hilt. All the privacy yeah. settings are high. I know absolutely everybody that I'm friends with on there. Um, because, you know, there's so many horror stories that can go wrong on social media, not necessarily for people, even people in the public eye, but, you know, I've, I've read loads of things where people have lost jobs just from stuff that they've posted inappropriately.
0: Yeah, and that's the world we live in now, where people are very open about what they put on social media, which isn't always a fantastic approach, especially for, you know, students who... Uh, have, aren't doing it yet where they're having to worry about employment but once it's out there it's out there i know it's cliche but it is true yeah. and employers will google you and they will find things
1: yeah. so <laughs> somebody used uh, somebody used the phrase once uh and i, I always remember it, digital dirt sticks because oh. it's there around forever yeah. so it's digital dirt stick so like just that. just just remember whatever you're post, posting on there i mean was it was it the um Oh, month, about a month or two ago, wasn't it? The cricketer who they dug up some tweets from yes. ten years ago. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: so that's a that's a case in point. You know, um, just just think about what you're putting on there because yes. it, can, it can. It's never too late to come back and haunt you. Yeah. God,
0: what a what a world we live in. What a world. Um, so you know, working on your reputation. I mean, obviously. Um, Waffle of a Wonder Dog. What years did you work on Waffle then? And Were, were you still doing your education things at that time? Um, or was that a something that I've got to do this full time? I mean, what, what was your kind of like work schedule and things with that?
1: So Waffle was filmed 17, 18, 19.
0: Yeah. So,
1: so the year 17, 18, 19. And um, it was pretty full on. There were a few months in each year where um, I, 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 we weren't filming. Um, but... I I did go back and do a bit of education work, but also the intensity of a filming schedule. The days are seven till seven um, every single day. Um, So I was um, probably not going full on the gas with the education work that I usually would um, just because of the intensity of the filming. But no, I kept my hand in, um, especially with the schools um, that that employ me individually, uh, independently from other organisations. So I mainly focused on those, those schools. And, and
0: working on Waffle then, I mean, you've obviously made quite an impact on a lot of people. It's been washed by a lot of people, you know. We, we spoke to my daughter briefly before this, as well as getting paid for it, which is nice. Um, do you feel like, proud that you kind of gave back a little bit, but I mean, you've got that on your CV and that you were kind of contributing to
1: uh, children's well-being and mental health? Yeah, and especially. especially I, fit- did, over the past 18 months, you know, I've had so many lovely messages on um, the social media of, of people mm. saying, oh, Uh, My kids love Waffle. It's got them through some tough times and stuff like that. So that probably made me realise actually more how important it was. And I think it's good to, yeah, not not just to entertain kids. There were other layers to the show in the fact that we're um, a blended family, uh, i.e. that that we we both bring a child uh, to the family. So it's it's a step family, if you like. Um, And of course, a lot of young people are living that experience. So to see that reflected on screen um, was was something that the production company really wanted to do and they were really yeah. quite proud of because yeah. you, you don't want to see the typical, you know, 2.4 children, everything's nice and happy. Yeah. And it certainly felt like something that a lot
0: of kids who previously would have had nothing to relate to, you know, where they turn on the telly or open a book or or anything, and they go, wait a minute, that looks a bit like my family. You know, but that was quite, quite, refreshing to see um so thank you for you know all the hard work you did on that it's uh it's great um what about your business then now so you're still running your own um business at the moment aren't you the, the time to act um so what what is the business you're running now is it similar to the education thing you used
1: to be involved in or have you put your own spin on it so um we me and my other half claire we decided to bring all the activities that we did for other people, essentially, under one umbrella and offer to do it ourselves. Um, we, as, as actors, you're always self-employed. So you kind of always have that entrepreneurial nag in the back of your mind, if you like, um, and think, well, you know, I, 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 could, I can do this myself. Why aren't I doing this myself? So we set it up and the, the, main, uh, the main arms to it are that we do um, one-to-one drama coaching. So that's for kids who wanna to go to drama school uh lambda qualifications which is something that you can take to boost your ucas points and stuff like that so people who are tansy can do lambda qualifications we coach that we do in-school drama workshops so whether that's shakespeare or musical theater what whatever the school requires. the shakespeare workshop for example focuses more on the english literature side of stuff so we'll, we'll pick a text that a year group maybe are studying for gcc or a level and approach it as actors not as academics sitting at a desk because that's what he wrote it for. He didn't write it for academic (laughs) study. He wrote it to pay the bills. Yeah. And, um, and, 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 you know, to entertain people um, on stage and, um, and then we started moving into the careers and employability skills as well. Um, because we realized that, um, so much of interview skills, career planning, goal setting, CV writing comes very naturally to actors anyway. Um, so yeah, it's it, it probably needs more focus. I'm not a natural business person. We've got all these different arms that I try and explain on the website, um, but no, it does it 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 does it does okay, and we're we're, we're quite proud of it.
0: Yeah, uh, and running your own business then, I mean, you said that you're self-employed as an actor anyway, and you're getting the work as as you go through your career. Running your own organization, then with your partner, um, are, are you? In terms of the challenges of doing that, obviously we've got COVID going on. Are you, do you feel pressure and stress from that or are you okay with what you're doing? You, do you ever feel like, oh my gosh, this has to work. This is all our eggs in one basket. Um, are you, do you feel like the challenges of running your own business is a bit like that?
1: It can get stressful. It can, um, especially over, during COVID when we've been homeschooling. You know, We've got an eight-year-old and a three-year-old um, and you some some days you can't actually get any work done until seven o'clock um in in, in the evening um and, and, and that kind of protocol of sending emails in the evening went right out the window oh yeah and it's like <laughs> oh well, i don't care i'll send an email at midnight now if you if, if you've got the sound on your phone at midnight that's your lookout sorry you're getting an email um so yeah it's it was kind of 24-hour working um at times uh in terms of eggs in one basket and putting that pressure on everything i suppose i always had the other stuff that i do the performance work Mm. and things like that Uh, when people are starting their own business they do sometimes people work what do they say five to nine so you've got your job you guaranteed job that pays you nine to five and then you start to grow your business slowly working five to nine um so yeah, I would say if it's if if you can do that to provide yourself with that security so you can pay your bills, yeah. um then then yes, yeah, start slowly. Um don't 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 take that massively where yeah. it's do or die. Yeah. Some people like I was just saying about acting, people say, Oh, if you've got a plan B, you'll fall back on your plan B. No, you won't. Just take it slowly, take it slowly, build it up slowly and see see where you are. That would be that would be my business.
0: that's some nice advice right there and the benefits for it then are you able to work a bit more flexibly around your children and and, um, uh, their schooling hours and their holidays and things like that is that one of the benefits of it and are you feeling any other benefits of running your own business you the sense of pride that you're helping people for example
1: yeah I think um, flexibility that comes from self-employment is the payoff that you get for the insecurity and the instability and not knowing where your next um, paycheck's coming from flexibility of being self-employed is wonderful you know the, the, the fact that you don't have to go and do your Sainsbury's shop at 12 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon with the world and his wife you you know Sainsbury's at 11 30 on a Monday morning is, is is a joy to behold um so yeah you do get that flexibility um yeah I know you also get that reward that you feel like um I'm not just working for somebody I've I've done this I've made this day happen and you get some lovely feedback from a school and now of course schools do um impact reports afterwards where they actually asked for the students feedback and you get to see that feedback and stuff like that and that is that is a lovely warm feeling when you feel like you've actually had an impact on some young people yes
0: that's great. And well, thanks for giving back to the young people who, who need this extra help and support in their careers. It's, it's great. Um, and, and talking then about the young people who are going into the industry and your industry, but you've been in for many years now, the acting and the theatre side and commercials or television shows. What, what do you see as being next for your industry? Because we've heard a lot of doom and gloom, but nobody will ever get employed again. Um, that Everything's shutting down and that the creative arts are, well, they have been defunded a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another yeah. podcast for another day. Um, is it it as doom and gloom as we say or or what do you think is coming next
1: for your industry? I think you can separate it into the different elements of the industry so obviously theatre has really taken the hit the theatre still aren't open Um, you know I was was, um, listening to Lloyd Lloyd Webber on the radio the other day and um, there's a lot of anger at the moment in the theatre industry because they're looking at um, sports stadiums and things like that and you know they 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 closed they closed the roof at Wimbledon last night for the Andy Murray match, and they were saying, "Well, what, what what's the difference there?" Whereas, you know that's that's, that's a theatre, Everyone's sitting side by side. There has been um, is it uh, who's the culture? So D- Dowden, Olive, Oliver Dowden, he, he managed to put fight and get two billion put aside for the creative industries. I think theatre will bounce back. Certainly, Um screen. Te- television was carrying on last year um in very very controlled environments um they were they, they, they i think they've, they've learned to adapt now and become totally covid safe uh commercials died off you probably saw um the the, the commercials that were out last year a lot of it was um filmed on Zoom and stuff like that, home film.
0: Yes, and and I know some American companies, because I watch a lot of American football, and they were doing, look at our classic adverts, vote for your favourite classic advert and things like that because they just couldn't make any new ones. So they were just rehashing all the old ones but giving, like, spins on it, um, which is really interesting to see when you go, oh, that's because you actually can't make any new adverts.
1: Yeah, it wasn't always just because they couldn't, but because of the extra expense of making it COVID safe. And secondly, remember their businesses themselves, and they were so um, head spun and like, well, is our business going to survive? I'm certainly not going to put x amount of money into an advert. Um, and I was I was talking to my agent two weeks ago, and he said that um, he thinks commercials will have a bit of a boom time because certain industries will try and advertise themselves out of the pandemic. Um, obviously, you don't they don't spend that kind of mo- amount of money on adverts without seeing a return from them mm-hmm. and advertising really does work um so yeah hopefully you'll see my mug a bit more over the next few years <laughs> <Fingers laughs> we'll,
0: we'll keep our eyes well, and our ears open and we'll be like oh, he said he'd be back yeah big uh big uh, will uh, point out you on Italian. yeah <laughs> yeah confuse my daughter like what, what's he doing on there um so as we go kind of get towards the end here, then we're talking about your industry. I mean, what's next for you then? Uh, are you just going to be hoping that the jobs are coming and pushing your own business? Uh, have you got anything in the pipeline you're allowed to talk about? Um, what's next for
1: James? So um, this, I've been getting back physically in schools so over the past few weeks, which has been oh, wow. an absolute joy. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> we, we did do some workshops on zoom and stuff like that. And um they're just not as good. You, you yeah. can't fill the room. You can't, you can't deliver as you want to deliver. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they will continue um, in September because they're starting to uh, crank up again. Mm-hmm. So getting back into education. And I'm quite fortunate off the back of Waffle, I'm doing my hometown Panto this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the, the Yvonne Arno Theatre in Guildford, we're doing Dick Whittington. Um, so I've got a contract to do Panto this Christmas, which financially... And security wise means that the winter is looking really good and oh, nice and brilliant. secure. Good old fashioned panto.
0: Oh, that's that's for life, isn't it? Yeah, I remember those. That's brilliant. So well I, I will keep everything I've got crossed, but you know, we're at the stage where you can You know, you can get on stage and and do your thing. So that's really exciting for you. Um, Let me throw one last question at you then, James, as we start to wrap this up at the the 30 minute or so mark here. Um, If I could, uh, if you could go back to when you were 17 or 18 and give uh, 17, 18 year old James a bit of advice that you wish he took on, maybe as a mantra, or you wish somebody had told you something, um, or you actually had advice then and you took it on, uh, what would
1: that advice be? I think um, as I've got older, the one thing that I have developed is losing that fear of people saying no. Um, When you're, when you're young, uh, whether it's a a job rejection or somebody not taking on your idea or something like that, it can hurt a little bit and you think, Oh, well maybe I'm not good enough. And you lose that confidence. It's hard, but try and build up that confidence as as early as you can to knock on doors and say, look, can can you help me? You you work in this industry and, um, you know, I'm I'm only 17. I I just wondered, can we have a quick chat or can you give me any advice? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? They're going to say, no, sorry, I'm too busy. All right. That's no skin off your nose. You go and ask the next person. Exactly. Um, So is that... It's, it's that confidence that you that you have as, that you don't have as a teenager because you're constantly worried about rejection. You're constantly worried about somebody saying no. Um, but when I see people who are very successful at a very young age, they're those weird people who don't have that. Um, you know, uh, I read about Mark Zuckerberg, um, the Facebook. You know, from from a young age, he was constantly knocking on doors, not afraid of anything. Um, and they're in the minority. They are. That's why I call them weird because they're in the minority. Yeah. um but it's something you can work at and the more knockbacks you get the less they hurt um that's not it. so yeah just trying that'd be my one piece of advice knock on doors go to interviews go to auditions everything that you can go to uh, because it will constantly build your confidence i always describe com- confidence as like a muscle
0: mm-hmm.
1: just like the, the, you go down the gym you work out your muscles get bigger well they they, they, sometimes they do. Doesn't work for me. I, I it. um, And the, the, the more you, yeah. <laughs> the more you work, the, the the more you work out that confidence muscle. Yeah. The bigger your confidence gets. Yeah.
0: I, I remember you using that analogy in in uh, college when you came in and thinking, "Oh, that works." Yeah. And probably. you're saying it now, like 10 11 years later. You go, "Oh yeah, it's still true." Because <laughs> it's such a such a, a straightforward but great analogy for practice, practice, practice. Uh, you know, and you do have. Nothing to lose on the most part, you know. Just see how you go on. Um, so thank you very much for for that little bit of advice there at end. Really appreciate it. And thanks for everything else, you know, that you've shared with us on uh, on this episode. Really do appreciate the time that you've given up uh, on an evening here. And. Um, if you don't mind staying absolute on pleasure Danny oh brilliant and if you don't mind staying on just for a moment or two we'll say a proper cheerio um but for now course, I'll just yeah, yeah. yeah I'll just say thanks very much and thanks for all your hard work in what you're doing for schools and education and, and children it's um it's appreciated by many many of us uh, all over the place who you come into contact with so and uh, thank you very much Great. and uh, we'll see you again thank you cheers Thank you James for sharing your career insights there, absolutely fascinating journey through the world of acting and thank you for everything that you're doing to give back to everybody through your career as well. So thank you James, really appreciate it and to everybody else watching and listening, thank you to you too. You can like, share, rate, review, subscribe and do all those good things, I really appreciate it and you can say hello on all your social media channels if you have a look for Pardo's business and until next time on Talking Business with Danny Pardo, I'll just say, cheerio. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking Business with me, Danny Pardo. I hope the advice and insights in this episode make a difference to you, your studies and your career. You can find more by searching for Pardo's Business, that's me by the way, on Google, YouTube and Instagram. I'm also at Pardo's Business on Twitter. If you like what you heard, please do take a moment to rate, review, share and subscribe to this podcast. It's all very much appreciated. We'll catch you again soon on the next episode of Talking Business with Danny Pardo. Thanks and cheerio!